beginning, you might think that with New Year's being just around the corner that we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions and um, what we're looking forward to in the new year and so forth. And, you know, um, I looked at what some potential New Year's resolutions might be for the coming year. Um, we're, we're living in a very different time, a time of technology um, a time of instant information. And um, with that, I think that it brings, uh, kind of open the doors for a different kind of New Year's resolution. For instance, some people, if they were to be absolutely honest, they would have to say that their New Year's resolution is to spend less time interacting with people and more time on their phone. How many of you, <laughs> as he holds his phone up, how many of you know people that you would say that really fits because you hardly ever see them look up from whatever their electronic device is? And um, it's not just grownups. It can go down to even the smallest of kids um, that, that are so plugged into their electronic device that there's almost no interaction with people today. Um, some people, uh, one of the classics that will always be a New Year's resolution is, I'm going to exercise more. That's, that's a good resolution to have. What we have to understand is that most resolutions last about eight days or so. And after that eight days, this resolution will still be in place. However, it's gonna look a little bit different. In eight days, it's going, to, it's going to look more like I am going to exercise my right to eat more pizza. So exercise more is still there. They didn't totally abandon it. It just got a little clarification as the time went on. Well, this morning, um, I will tell you right up front, this is not a... This is not a feel good, make you happy, um, leave you warm and fuzzy all over um, kind of message. Uh, it's just not. And um, the reason it's not is because it's not where God has led it to be. As we finish out this year, I want us to spend just a little bit of time kind of reflecting on things that are behind us and the effect that they've had on us and how God desires for us to look at the challenges, the struggles, um, the mountaintops and the valleys that we encounter in our lives every day. Um, a very familiar passage of scripture um, that, that uh, our, our students here at the academy are very familiar with because it's the theme verse for the academy um, in Philippians 4.13. The Bible says, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's important as we start this journey this morning that we understand that that is a truth of God's word. That is a promise of God to his people. And we have just to claim that promise for what God intends it to be. And no matter what the circumstances of life, no matter where we might find ourselves, um, we should be able to see that in all things, um, we are able to rejoice. It's a choice, but we're able to rejoice. All things. We may see things that seem bad to us for a while, and God is seeing what he is doing for good. Um, we don't like, we don't like when things uh, 
um, are hard. We don't like when things aren't going our way. Uh, We don't like when we don't get our way. You know, we teach our kids that they can't always have it their way. Sometimes mom and dad have to be the parents and they have to say, this is how it's going to be. And our kids don't have to like it, but we expect them to abide by it. We expect them to go along with it. And for adults, it's much the same way in our relationship with God. We don't always like what God may allow or what God may bring into our life, but what we see sometimes as bad God sees as doing a good work, working toward bringing about a good work in each one of us. Um, We're gonna spend a little bit of time this morning in the book of 1 Peter chapter four. Um, I'm gonna read some verses to you and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna look at these verses uh, in a little bit more detail. 1 Peter chapter four, beginning in verse 12, the Bible says, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Oops, just went from preaching to meddling. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Verse 19, therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. This morning, I wanna talk about reflecting to rejoice even through the difficulties, the trials of life. As we look at 1 Peter chapter four here, um, verse 12, it says, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. Um, it's so easy for us to think, why me? Why me? Why my family? Why the person that I care about? It's easy for us to to want to compartmentalize when things go wrong and, and then work to figure out why? Why is this happening? Why is, it, why is this happening to me? Why is God allowing this? Well, the truth is, is that we need to, to understand that we don't need to be surprised when suffering comes. As a Christian, as a part of God's family, as a child of God, there is no promise in God's word that we will never suffer. There is no promise that we won't ever face challenges, that there won't be sorrows, that there won't be, that there won't be as many valleys as there are mountaintops in our life. But what we have to understand is that when suffering comes, that 
it's not a surprise to God, but many times it's a plan. Many times it's a plan. God allows us to walk through some trials in life in order to help us to grow, in order to help us rely more on him, not our strength, not on what we can do. Um, I can do a lot of things. Um, God has, has, for whatever reason, um, he has given me the ability mechanically um, to be able to take stuff apart, put it back together, not have too many pieces left over and fix whatever was wrong in the process. Um, and it's just, it's always been that way. And because it's been that way, um, I get the opportunity to use that ability uh, in what might otherwise be my spare time to help other people with things that are struggles in their life. Um, you know, how many of us today, how many of us can change a flat tire? You know, it, it, it's a lost art. If, if, you're, um, if you're a young lady and you can change a flat tire, God bless your parents because that's why you can change a flat tire. Um, you know, Googling how to change a flat tire, seeing it done and actually doing it are very different things. When, when challenges come to our life, we need to understand that they're not all surprises. They may, be, they may be a surprise to us, but they're not a surprise to God. Um, they may not always be because of how God was directing things. Sometimes some of our surprises come because of choices that we make that are outside of God's will for us. And then God has to allow some of those things to bring consequences into our life. But even then, it's not a surprise to God. God has a plan in everything, in all things that he allows to happen in our life. He has a plan. Verse 13, it says, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Verse 13, there's a couple of things that I want to point out. And first thing is that we need to rejoice that we share in Christ's suffering because it identifies us as having union with Christ. We as a part of his, his family, we as a, a part of his people, we as a forgiven, sanctified, bought and paid for sinner who chooses to live by faith and be what God wants us to be, we can expect that there's going to be suffering that will come into our life simply because we are a Christian. We talk about places around the world where we're not allowed to know missionaries' names. Sometimes we get initials, sometimes we don't get even that because the persecution of Christians is... Um, is so devastating that in order to protect them, we don't get their names. But you know what? Christians are persecuted everywhere, not just over there. 
not just somewhere else. Christians are persecuted everywhere, including in our country, including in our state, um, including in our town. I'm not going to get into um, I'm not going to get into politics this morning because it really isn't about politics. We can blame politicians. We can blame people who don't agree with how we choose to see things. But when we give up by not standing for the principles that God has put before us, we can't blame, we can't blame our suffering on anyone but us. However, however, God wants us to understand that sometimes through the suffering that we experience, we are showing that we are one with Christ. Um, of all the things, of all the things that I could ever want my grandkids to see in their pawpaw, um, do I want them to see that, um, that he's a fun pawpaw? Absolutely. Do I want them to know that he is a pawpaw that has um, expectations of their behavior? Absolutely. Most of the time, I can give a look to my grandchild and fix whatever isn't right. Um, and that's good. But more than anything else, I want my grandkids to be able to look at their pawpaw and to see that there is a person in their life who is committed to the walk that God has for them and to lead them in that walk alongside to help them to grow, to be what God desires for them to be. Um, in the world that we live in today, teaching your kids to be responsible is not a popular thing. It just isn't. Teaching your kids what we from the old school or from the South, I'm not sure which, maybe both, um, call manners. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Thank you, please. Um, we, we believe that those things help to build character in our young people. And like that, God desires to build the character in us that allows other people to see who he is in the relationship that we have with him and how through that relationship, we find strength and encouragement. We find the ability to face the struggles of life and to be able to, to go on. Not only do we find that we need to rejoice in the, the suffering that we share with Jesus, but that in verse 13, we're reminded that not every trial ends with joy on earth. The last part of verse 13, it says that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Not everything that we experience here in life is going to um, not, we're not going to see it all play out in our lifetime. Um, I have never been older than I am right now. And 
Um, you know, I, I tell people, I don't particularly care uh, to, to live 20 or 30 more years. I can't imagine what this world is gonna be like if it's around for 20 or 30 more years. And I, I don't particularly desire to be a part of that. But if God chooses to allow this, this world to exist for that much longer or more, what I do want is what I've done with my life in its time to matter in eternity. I want it to matter not just to, to, to please and honor God, but to make a difference for those who are still here when God chooses to take me home. You know, um, personally, I don't want a funeral. Um, I, I, I don't need that. I'm not gonna be here. Um, if there is one, I'm not gonna be at it. I'm gonna be busy someplace else. My wife, I think jokingly, says that she's gonna have me taxidermied and just put me in the closet. If any of you are taxidermies, don't give her your card after church is over. Um, but no matter what happens, no matter what happens to me, whatever the struggles are, whatever the trials are, whatever the difficulties are, whatever the joys are, it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether I see God's fulfillment in his plan for my life, this side of heaven. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, if God's plan for my life stops the day that he takes me home, then as a Christian, I will have failed. If God's plan for my life stops the day that he chooses to take me home, then my life as a Christian will have failed. Because you see, it's God's desire that not only we glorify him in eternity, but that our life leaves a legacy that continues to work in the lives of people to point people to him, to who he is, to what he, what he has done in my life and what he desires to do in the lives of all of those who he has allowed me to have the opportunity to touch their lives. We don't, we, we probably most often don't realize God's fullness in his plan this side of heaven. If his plan for you, if his plan for me stops when we breathe our last breath, I personally think that I have failed in my walk as a Christian to be what God wants me to be. Verse 14, it says, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, 
Blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. The cost of Christianity is not without reward. Some of those rewards, sometimes we get to see some of those rewards this side of heaven. Um, I am blessed because I have been able to see my grandchildren come to know Christ as their savior. That's a reward. That's a blessing. Um, the, the newest little one that um, will look at you and just melt your heart knowing that her horns are holding up her halo, but she will look at you and she will melt your heart. And um, she's not old enough to understand what sin is. She's learning what wrong is. She is capable of that. But I fully believe that as her parents, her brothers, her family live their lives to be the Christians that God wants them to be, I fully believe that we will see her come to know Christ as her savior because that's, that's the natural progression. We, when we live our faith, when it's real in our life and it shows to others, human nature says that I want whatever that is. And what that is, is a relationship with Christ that has meaning and purpose, a relationship that gives direction to our lives. And we have to understand that as we follow that direction, that we bring glory to God. Now, honestly, in everything we do, we don't always glorify God because we're human, because we're fallible, because we're imperfect. The great thing is, is that God loves us anyway. He knows all of those things about us. He knows what we're capable of. He knows what we're afraid of. He knows, he knows how much we can endure and he knows where our breaking points are. And the fact is that sometimes in order for God to get glory to himself, he has to allow us to come to some of those breaking points in our life. Sometimes to refocus us on what his will is, what his purpose is in our life. Sometimes to remind us that if we are living for ourselves, that there are so many more around us who are gonna miss out on what God desires for them because they're not seeing it through us. We aren't bringing them to where God wants to, to interact with them and to show them what his love is really like. 
verse 16. Yet, notice I skipped right past verse 15 in that busybody part in other people's business. Verse 16, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him be not ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. I would dare say that there's not anyone in this room today that does not know what it feels like to suffer. Sometimes our suffering is related to our health. Um, When we finish today, there is no invitation response because it's just not that kind of, of message. And um, I, I know that typically when we finish, the pastor goes to the back door and that's where he stands and um, greets people on the way out. I'm not gonna be at the back door. And the reason I'm not gonna be at the back door is for totally selfish reasons. And that's because a few days ago, um, I had a little bit of a surgery on my left arm and... Um, the greatest thing that I can do for me today is to keep my left arm away from you. Love you, mean it. Just don't want you swinging on my left arm today. So I've got enough sense to know that I need to make sure that I'm just not in the middle of the crowd. Because if I am, I can be responsible for the suffering that I'm about to endure. Sometimes we inflict suffering on ourselves. Sometimes that suffering, that suffering is at the loss of someone we love. To know that they're in heaven and that their eternity is assured and that we will see them again, that's all great blessing. But there's still a void. There's still there's still that part that will be missed until we see them again. Um, My dad, for most of my life, um, he was Santa Claus. He was Santa Claus all my life because that's what dads are. Um, But God created my dad um, with just the right personality. um, And then he gave him the snow white hair and the white beard and um, the belly that was real. It was not padded, it didn't need to be. And for many years, um, he would go and he would take pictures with daycares and um, sometimes at the mall and sometimes in private homes with, um, with children who physically were not able to be out around other people. And, um, that was just a way that God used him to bless people. And um, I appreciated that of him so much, his caring, his giving, his love. And um, on Christmas day, uh, my daughter found it um, necessary to do a Facebook post to remind him about how special he is to us and um, the impact that he had on the lives of so many. 
And um, I had to thank her for the opportunity to cry on Christmas morning. Um, but it also was a great reminder that even though he's not here, and even though we suffer because we miss him a lot, we can look at those whose lives he's touched and we can rejoice in the life that he lived because his was a life that glorified God. It was a life that taught his son that being in the Bible is important, that using the talent that God gives you is what you're supposed to do, even when it's hard, even when it's scary. Doing what God has designed you to do is important. And he lived a life that taught that lesson to his children, to his grandchildren, and now his grandchildren teach it to their children. We have to understand that suffering isn't an if, it's a when. And then we choose what we're going to do with it. Are we gonna let it beat us down? Are we gonna let it rob us from being who God wants us to be? Or are we gonna use it to bring glory to God? Are we gonna use it to acknowledge that, that in him we have the strength to overcome whatever our suffering is and to use those lessons to bring glory to God. What greater thing can any man do than to bring glory to God? Verse 19, therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. When we suffer according to God's will, we need to remember that God is faithful in his care of us. When we trust that God knows what's best, when we trust that we are not walking alone, when we trust that God will guide our steps through whatever life's circumstance might be, then we need to remember that God is faithful in his care of us. He knows what we need. He knows. He knows what others need to see in us that might help bring strength and encouragement to them. God does not allow trials or suffering into our lives to defeat us, to beat us down. He allows them in our life so that we might bring honor to him so that we might glorify him, so that we might look to him for the strength that we need to be what he's called us to be. 
whatever he's called you to be, in your home, in your workplace, in your community, in your social circle, whatever he's called you to be, he is equipping you to be just that. And the lessons that we learn through life experiences help us to become the person, the Christian, the follower that he desires for us to be. One other, um, one other passage, Psalms 136. It says, I'll give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to God, to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his mercy endures forever. All throughout Psalms 136, every verse ends with his mercy endures forever. When we don't know why we are facing the challenge that we are, when we don't understand why it seems that we've been given a path to walk that nobody should have to walk, when we can't make any sense out of what life is today, we need to remember that our goal, our opportunity is to give thanks to God. He doesn't promise us that life will be easy. What he does promise us is that as his child, we will never take one step in life without him. That he's there to comfort, to guide, to encourage, to strengthen, to help us do what he desires. We live in a world today that is very much focused on self. And the truth is, we can't change the focus of the entire world from where we are. But what we can change is the focus that we have in our walk with him that allows others to be able to see who he is. My greatest 
task in life. Your greatest task in life is to live so that others see him through you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I look like physically. It doesn't matter how good or how not good my health is. It doesn't matter how big my house is, how many cars I have. What matters is how I choose to let God shine through me. As we start into a new decade, a new year, a new day. Might it be our prayer that he would so shine through us that our struggles, our trials, our sufferings become so small in the light of his glory that it allows others to see him in all that we do. Would you stand with me as I close our service today in prayer? Father, I am so thankful. I am so thankful that you love us more than anything else that you created. Lord, I thank you that you loved us so much that you allowed your son to take our place so that we could be forgiven, so that heaven could be our home. Lord, I also thank you that until you choose to take us home, that you remind us through your word that life is filled with opportunities to bring glory to you, to let your love shine so that others might see you. Father, help us to understand that while we live in a world that is so messed up, you give us the opportunity every day to be a light to those around us, to take our struggles, our sorrows, our valleys and our mountaintops and to use those to bring honor to you because you are God and because only through you can we become all that you desire for us to be. Father, as we begin a brand new year, Lord, help us to look at it, not as 365 days. Help us to look at it as today and what God's plan is for me 
today? What can I do to show his love today? Father, help us to come to you every day, desiring to be filled by you, that we might pour your light and your love on others, that they might come to know you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying to take our place. And Lord, we even thank you for allowing the suffering that comes to our life when we realize that it helps lead us to where you want us to be. Help us to use it to be your light to others. In Jesus' name, amen.